in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Hey, good morning, everyone. A live look outside from our Estonian camera. A muggy start to your day this morning. Mainly dry right now, but heavy rain. Look at that. Major flooding concerns are likely Friday into the start of your Mother's Day weekend. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on this Thursday. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. We have meteorologist Kristen Curry here with us. So this kicks off in earnest on Friday? Yes, I think late tomorrow into Saturday and Sunday, we're gonna be looking at some pretty big problems here. So we begin with when is the most immediate threat? I'm thinking Saturday is gonna be the day that at this point, we wanna start rearranging those plans if we haven't already done so. We've held on to that three out of four risk with the most recent update, and I agree. I don't think there's really anything telling us that this isn't gonna play out, unfortunately, right? We never wanna see that, but that looks to be in the cards for us as we get into the weekend, meaning you've got today to prepare. We're cloudy out there, but we're mainly dry. Currently sitting at 72 out at uh, George Shep. This is the view from our Ewell Kubota weather camera. I'm not seeing anything when it comes to clouds down near the ground, but we'll watch for maybe some patchy low visibility here and there. Temperatures much warmer this morning, seeing widespread 70s. If you remember yesterday, I was showing you a map of 60s. So a little bit warmer to start and a little bit warmer to finish. Our high temperatures getting close to 90 degrees today, but our rain chances really nothing to write home about. Today is one of the drier days. We've only got a 10% chance of an isolated shower, a spot thunderstorm. That's it. But as you can see, we've got a much higher likelihood of seeing rain in the days to come. Beginning tomorrow evening through the night, Saturday and Sunday, a significant chance of not only showers, but heavy downpours, slow moving thunderstorms and that risk of flash flood flooding, which we'll talk a a lot more about here in just a few minutes. Okay, thank you, Kristen. More first responders are going to be staged near Austin's Rainy Street. EMS medics are going to be there starting this summer. This is the latest step to improve safety in the area. The pilot program in response to some recent drownings nearby. Yeah, starting June 2nd, we now know EMS will stage two medics at the south end of the street, which is near the water on Friday and Saturday nights. Busy nights. KXN's Rihanna Hall is telling us more about this initiative. Summer's coming and a rainy street and the trailhead will only get busier. Seeing an increase in EMS call volume there. On the area's busiest nights, EMS will soon stage two medics in a special response unit like this at the end of Rainy Street. Is there anything you think having a presence down there could do to prevent people from getting into the water? We hope so. We don't want to be there after the fact. We want to try to prevent the emergencies from happening. We think this is going to position, position us to be able to do that. And how do you think it's going to position you to be able to do that? Because we have people on site. We have people there that are what we call heads on a swivel. Um, we're looking for the people that we can maybe divert or intervene with. EMS will collect data throughout the pilot program to gauge its effectiveness. In this resolution on rainy street safety measures, Councilmember Caudry specifically called for exploring EMS presence on rainy. When I have like gone out on the streets, I have noticed that there's always like police and EMS out on 6-3 and west and east side and there aren't any on rainy at all. It's definitely overdue and as a resident, it makes me feel a lot more safe. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News.
EMS will staff Rainy Street patrols with medics opting to work overtime. Police are still investigating the recent drownings, but they don't suspect foul play in any of those. As we go in depth on this, it's not the first time that downtown dangers have prompted additional safety measures. We saw that leaders created the Safer 6th Street initiative after the June 2021 mass shooting on 6th Street. That killed one person and injured 14 others. Part of that initiative created an EMS staging area on 6th Street. All right, crowds of people are gathering up and down the U.S.-Mexico border right now. We have drone video showing you exactly what's happening for some perspective of the lines that are forming on the Texas border. You see here behind us new video from overnight showing Border Patrol agents conducting a scheduled operational readiness exercise. This is at the San Ysidro Port of Entry in California, north of the Mexico-U.S. border. The increase of migrants comes ahead of Title 42 ending tonight, sparking a surge of people crossing into the U.S. That's right. During the pandemic, Title 42 made it a lot easier for the federal government to deport migrants and deny them asylum, saying that this was a means to prevent COVID-19 from spreading. NBC News is citing sources who say the White House has directed Customs and Border Protection to start releasing migrants into the U.S. without court dates or the ability to track them. The Border Patrol chief told reporters that the 11,000 people who crossed the border Tuesday were not processed. Sources tell NBC News that this is the new policy that will apply only to migrants who have been carefully vetted. The Biden administration says lifting Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Plans to impose tougher penalties for attempts to cross illegally. It's also deploying additional troops to support Border Patrol agents and help expedite processing times. On Monday, Governor Greg Abbott also deployed more Texas National Guard members to the border. House lawmakers are discussing a bill that would change two outdated parts of state code related to LGBTQ relationships. It goes before its second reading, and if this bill becomes law, it would first remove the phrase, quote, that's homosexual conduct is not an acceptable lifestyle from the health and safety code. And it would also no longer make homosexuality conduct a prosecutable crime here in Texas. You can share your thoughts on license plate readers in Austin. The police department hosting a meeting to talk about its license plate reader policy. It's open to the public so you can ask questions about it. That meeting is going to be at the Austin Permitting and Development Center. It is tonight at 6. The Labor Department released a new report on inflation. Which way the rate is now heading? And the years long push to expand internet to rural communities could finally get a vote at the federal level today. Good morning, this is a live look outside through downtown Austin, I-35 and 6th Street. It is flowing smoothly. It did not look like this yesterday. So it's good to see that we're off to a excellent start on our roads. I want to tell you about an East Austin business owner still dealing with the aftermath of that flash flooding last month. Oh yeah, when rain poured down at All Nation Restoration, that's the name of the business, the owner said several of his work units were washed away into Walnut Creek. And he says it took minutes for the flood to sweep the cars and those huge trucks away. It's a tricky area to remove the cars from that area, but the owner says he's working with the city and tow operators to do that because they're still stuck in the water. And with more floods possible this week, he is asking everyone to be careful. When you get an alert or when there is flash flood warning and stuff, take it serious. 
um, preemptively. If you have the time, move stuff uh, out of the path, get your family out of the path. Austin's Watershed Protection Department confirms it is helping to coordinate the removal as long as they're taken out. There should be no long-term impact when it comes to the creek water. We are 119 days away from kickoff to the 2023 NFL season. Who's counting, though? <laughs> Ahead of uh, tonight's primetime release of each team's schedule, the play-by-play -play voice of Sunday Night Football, Mike Tirico, is dropping by the Today Plaza. You know somebody is counting, like oh. they said. That's right, Tom. Probably lots of people. <laughs> All right, so Tirico is going to exclusively reveal two of the most highly anticipated matchups this season. That's all ahead only on the Today Show. Excited about football? You know, I have other sports that are maybe a little bit higher on my agenda. Right. I really love college football. I was going to say, yeah. And I know a lot of people here in Austin agree with me Oh, on yeah. That. Longhorn <laughs> fans are ready. By the way, it is graduation season. Talking about students, many new graduates may be looking for ways to make career connections. And there's an expert at Purdue University who says golf might be the answer. Dan Ross is head golf professional with Purdue. He teaches a class on how golf can help with business and life. Ross says that along with enjoying the game, golf opens the door to strengthening your relationship at work or other networking opportunities. Is that true? You're the golfer. I, well, I think it is true. I've, I've golfed with Nick Bannon and yeah. Sean Kelly, and I think we have become closer. You're tight. Struggling together. <laughs> the struggle is real. All right, so this um, expert also says people who don't play may feel intimidated by professionals at right. golf tournaments, but says it's really pretty easy to catch up. The, the golfing world is not out there doing what the people on, on the tour do, okay? Like 90% of golfers have a handicap above a 10, which means 10 strokes over par is what they're shooting or higher, okay? Uh, so you're in the majority even when you start the game brand new. So he suggests going out, getting some practice in before you play. But he is right. Majority of golfers are bad. Yeah. And you just need to accept that. It, yeah. It's true. My husband's actually going today. He hasn't uh, gone in a while. But I, I don't like it when he goes because it, it he comes back and it just like ruins. Yes. Yeah. Frustrated. Ruins the rest of his day. And like, get over it. Yeah. It's, it's okay. tough sport for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Because we begin with a quiet radar. There's a cloudy sky out there. The cloud's going to hold on through the morning. Morning, but we should see some of that clearing here by early afternoon. Currently sitting at 73 degrees of humidity noticeable. It is going to be a hot and humid day with those temperatures in the 70s climbing to near 90 degrees today. Only a 10% chance of an isolated storm here. So let's briefly talk about today because I don't have a whole lot to show you. I think it's possible we see one or two storms, but nothing that's going to concern me tomorrow. Tomorrow is when all of this starts. So let's begin in the afternoon because you'll notice it's just going to be a mix of sun and clouds. So by evening is when I expect a few of those storms to be making their way into the hill country. This is your Friday evening and night. We're starting to see the beginnings of our first round. Look at overnight Friday into Saturday. Here's the problem. Not only is that heavy, heavy rain, this is also probably going to be a line of strong to severe storms bringing hail and damaging winds. So kind of a two-pronged effect here. We're going to be watching for flooding. We're also going to be watching for severe weather. So for tomorrow, it's two out of four risk for flooding, three out of four just barely clipping uh, that far southwestern corner of Gillespie County, most of the Austin Metro underneath the one out of four. Again, highlighting the fact that this is going to be late tomorrow, but 
Look at this severe storm threat. That's a two out of five for areas along and west of I-35. Heavy rain, hail, and wind. As I take you into Saturday, much bigger issues for flash flooding here. That three out of four risk includes all of the hill country and nearly all of the Austin metro. And on top of that, we're going to be watching for more hail and more wind. So that's going to be for tomorrow and Saturday. And then Sunday, we still have a very similar pattern hail wind and potential for flooding still on track to see anywhere from three to six inches of rain in most locations here so at this point it's really not a matter of if we're going to flood it's just where we're going to flood there's too much moisture there's too much coming together for us not to see those problems so your seven day forecast is a high of 89 today which is a 10 percent chance of a storm that 30 percent begins tomorrow evening that gets bumped up to 70 percent friday night saturday a 90 percent chance of periodic heavy rain and strong thunderstorms. National Weather Service already talking about issuing a flash flood watch, so that we know is coming our way. Temperatures will take a hit with all the rain as we're not likely to leave the 70s Saturday or Sunday, and the storms continue. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there won't be as many of them out there. Temperatures will be just a little bit warmer, but we're bracing for some very high impact weather beginning tomorrow night and continuing through the entire Mother's Day weekend. Okay, Kristen, thank you. A bipartisan effort to expand internet access to rural areas will finally get a Senate hearing today. And I sat down with The Hills' Rebecca Clark to learn more about this bill. What is the Reforming Broadband Connectivity Act? Right, so this proposal would give Cong would allow Congress to give the Federal Communications Commission the ability to reform what's known as the Universal Service Fund. Uh, so it wouldn't tell the FCC how to reallocate those funds, but it would give the commission the ability to change up the structure of how it's been doing this for decades based on changing needs across America in terms of wireless and internet service. And I know a lot of the focus with this has been on rural communities. How would this help those communities? Right, so the, the senators and the people that are backing this bill say that this would help rural communities by changing the structure in terms of payment into the system in a way that isn't going to put the burden on rural communities in a way that they say that the current structure is hurting rural America. There is some support so far in the House and the Senate. What are the chances that this gets to President Biden's desk and that he signs it? Right, so you know this bill is going to have another hearing in the Senate this week, um, and it's a revised proposal that was already before Congress last year, um, and it had bipartisan support then. So I think we just have to see how this goes forward. And you know, in addition to just getting bipartisan support, it also has to get enough momentum to sort of break through in Congress and and really get its its time to have a floor vote if it comes to that. Rebecca Clark, reporter with the Hill. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Families in a Northwest Austin neighborhood are banding together in an effort to stop a plan for speed bumps. The city of Austin is considering adding 15 speed cushions along nearly two miles of Greystone Drive. It's a street just south of Spicewood Springs. Nearly 600 neighbors in the area signed a petition to stop the plan. One organizer says there are other options. What are you trying to do here? You know, if, if the goal is to reduce accidents, you know, you can do that with neighborhood awareness. Austin's Transportation Department agreed to cut down on the number of cushions from 15 to 9, but neighbors say it's still too many. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry.
Hi, good morning to you. Austin FC playing in the U.S. Open Cup. A hundred teams start, whittled down to 32, and now it's down to 16. Austin FC lost last year in their first round match. Josh Wolf won as a player and taking on New Mexico United last night at Q2. Great chance for New Mexico United. Santi Moar, though, can't get it to go. That was about it for them. Meantime, well, the Verde started to take control. The chance from Rodney Redis not there, but then off the corner kick and Redis, boy, a beautiful header going opposite side. And FC gets that first goal. First goal ever for Rodney Redis in the Verde. Remember, he was their first ever draft pick. And then they get the all-important two-goal lead. Maxi Yaruti, beautiful from Ragoni. And they hold on for the 2 to nothing win. So they are on to the round of 16. That draw happens later today. They'll find out their next matchup. It will be in two weeks. It will be a midweek game. So the congestion in the schedule continues Saturday FC Dallas is here. They lost in U.S. Open Cup last night to Nashville, and then they go on the road next Wednesday to Seattle. So a lot of games coming fast and furious for Austin FC. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.